Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I was refused to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for May the 11th. In the year of our Lord, 2021, this is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Hope you're absolutely doing fantastic, my fellow Americans. There's so much news to cover. It is just, it's hard to even cope with it all. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen. Quick uh, recap of yesterday's show first starts now. We had our guest on Mr. Lowell Nelson, campaignforliberty.org and ronpaulinstitute.org. We talked about Weber County, that's in the state of Utah. Weber County, Republican Party censures U.S. Senator Mitt Romney, according to the EpicTimes.com. It's good news, in my opinion. We need to send a clear signal. You know what? Don't divide the parties. Don't divide everybody. Come on. Let's work together and restore the republic, shall we? We also talked about a Bill Gates-funded company releases genetically modified mosquitoes in the United States, that's right, down in Florida. And I guess residents say they were not asked for permission or their consent to be involved in the experiment. Again, Epic Times doing a phenomenal job. Think about that. All kinds of government organizations were asked and bought into the project, but the people on the ground that have to live with it, (laughs) they didn't ask permission or give consent at all. Bill Gates, out of control, strange person, to say the least. Benefits of mosquitoes, folks? How are they helpful to humans? Do you even know? Should we conduct these kinds of experiments at all, folks? Is it playing God to modify mosquitoes genetically? Do mosquitoes not have a divine role to play in our lives? Is it wise to eliminate mosquitoes like that? Folks, I'm telling you, it's playing with disaster. Okay, I know you don't like mosquitoes, and I know they can spread disease. I get all that. But you can't ignore the role they play in the ecosystem. The environmentalists, where are they all? Where are the tree huggers when it comes to this kind of thing? I don't hear a word of peep from them. But guys like me who are Christians, who believe in God, who believe we've been put on the earth, and we're stewards of the earth, take good care of it. Now, I think it's all in the Bible, if you, if I'm not mistaken. It, it take good care of it. You know, we learn about it, right? We learn about Adam and Eve, and we learn about the, the days of creation and all this kind of stuff, and we're told to be good stewards of the earth, care for it, and right? Do all those things. Now I'm standing up for the earth, and where's the environmentalists? They're so far in the rearview mirror, I can't see them anywhere. Okay, this is insanity, folks. It's Frankenstein-ish. It's nuts on parade. It's got to stop. Prominent scientist tells the CDC to halt the COVID vaccine. 
In a public comment to the CDC, molecular biologist and toxicologist, Dr. Jancy Chung Lindsay, I'll just call her Dr. Lindsay, how's that? She's a PhD. She called for the CDC to halt COVID vaccine production and distribution. Why? She cited three primary concerns, fertility, blood clotting, and immune escape. Serious, serious allegations backed up by other doctors and physicians as well. But here's the interesting thing. Anybody who speaks out is sidelined, ridiculed, mocked. Their careers are destroyed. Why? Anthony Fauci floated the possibility that mask wearing may become a seasonal practice in the U.S. even long after the pandemic is over. Yeah. Wow. Scary, huh? We also talked about the calm before the storm. Use it to gain strength to fight the coming tyranny. That's an article written by Gary Barnett. How close is Gary to the solution, Lowell asks? How close is he to the solution to save our republic? What should each of us be doing to preserve and restore our liberty for ourselves and our children? Great questions by Lowell Nelson. We also talked about a movie. I believe they're turning us all with this pandemic into, quote, Bubble Boy. That's a 2001 comedy. Bubble Boy's been in a bubble all of his life due to the fact that he has no immune system. Now, that's a comedy, which I think is tragic, personally. I know people think it's funny. But there was a real movie called The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. And it came out in 1976. It's an American TV movie. That's the one I referred to first. And that movie uh, is a real, uh, for the most part, a documentary about a real-life um, couple of boys that did grow up without immune systems. And what a tragedy it was and what a struggle. And, and man, they had to live in a bubble and everything had to be disinfected and da 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 so they wouldn't get sick. Uh, they, they almost are making us the whole nation, the whole world into, quote, bubble boy, where they act like, you know what, if we get any disease, any virus, man, it's just horrible, it's curtains, we're all going to go south. And I don't believe in that fear tactic, ladies and gentlemen. I don't believe in the fear-mongering. I don't accept it. Now, I get that it can be dangerous, and I have respect for that, a healthy respect. I don't mean to mock it or ridicule it or pretend it's nothing, but I'm also not going to have Fauci telling us we're going to wear seasonal masks everywhere forever. I'm not going to have this idea that if you don't have the vaccine, you can't even live your normal life, violating your most precious of private property, your conscience, number one, and your body, number two. Okay, I'm not going to tolerate this idea that, you know what, you're the enemy if you don't believe in masks or if you don't believe in the vaccines or somehow you just don't care about people or you're uh, whatever, a terrorist or evil. And I don't buy these lies. It's a huge government power grab and it needs to stop. All right. Second hour, we had our guest on Mr. Doctors or Dr. Scott Bradley. His collegiate series and lifelong goal to preserve the nation is website freedomsrisingsun.com. And with Dr. Bradley, here's what he said. Dr. Bradley, the Fauci Fauci facade takes advantage of we, the people, who have sadly become nothing but COVID cowards. The Fauci facade takes advantage of we, the people, who have sadly become nothing but COVID cowards. 
sadly, I can't disagree with this point. Sam Bushman, here's my quote that I claim. The Great Reset, climate change, global illness is a satanic trifecta for tyranny. Top scientist writer Nicholas Wade leans into the discussion. Yeah, Nicholas Wade basically has been around for a long time, wrote for the New York Times and, and everything else. Nicholas Wade points to the Wuhan lab leak. Political agendas of government and scientists have literally thick clouds of obfuscation. Art Moore writes the piece about Nicholas Wade. But Nicholas Wade says, hey, it was created in a Wuhan lab. Now Robert, or former CDC doctor, director Dr. Robert Redfield, declaring he is now free to express his own personal opinion, said he believes the novel coronavirus escaped from a lab in Wuhan. So now you got Trump, you got this Nicholas Wade, you've got Dr. Redfield, you got all these people. Under the Trump administration in mid-January, the State Department issued a fact sheet contending that Wuhan labs conducted experiments on a bat virus that's closest to the COVID-19 virus. It's the closest one to the sample to SARS, COVID, or COV2. Anyway, all I can tell you is we have more and more evidence pointing to where it did leak from a lab. Did COVID-19 originate in a Wuhan lab? Anyway, all I know is yes, indeed, folks. It's the precepts of men versus the revealed word of God, ladies and gentlemen. Look, man says fear. Fear the coronavirus. Fear, fear, fear. God says thou shalt not fear. In the latter days, men's hearts shall fail them. But I, the Lord your God, will protect you and heal your land if you turn to me and repent. The, in my opinion, guidance is clear. You're going to listen to Fauci or God Almighty? Huh? You're going to listen to whacked out Joe Biden or the creator of the universe? Okay, we need to jettison this fear. We need to do it right away, folks. Now, I'm not suggesting we don't need to be cautious. I get that the virus can kill, and I don't mean to mock or, or, or take this lightly, but I do mean to say that we cannot lock down everybody in society, and we cannot use this as a pretext to change the affairs of our nation to where we become a socialist-slash-communist democracy. We're supposed to be a constitutional democratic republic. All right? We're not supposed to just spiral down in fear. This nation was one nation under God. In tough times, we turn to God in prayer, and then we get up and go to work. That's the genius of America, different from every other nation on the planet, folks. It's time to double down and lengthen our stride and make our efforts count. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, 
breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things, and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Dad, can you make him stop? Honey, he needs to practice. He's been at it an hour. Well, just trying to be patient. Dad, it sounds like a cat calling for help or something. Worse, a basement full of cats. Yeah. You know, hon, it is a little hard on the ears. Not you, too. Well, maybe we can all play a game. Andrew, do you want to play a board game? Uh, how about we watch a video? Hide and seek? Oh, I don't know. I give up. Maybe we could all just sneak out of the house. Honey, he's nine years old. We can't leave him home alone. And? We can make him practice with a sock. Well, I guess we'll have to get some ice cream. Did I hear someone say ice cream? Family, isn't it about time? Oh, I see the practice hasn't hurt your ears. Well, I'm a serious musician. Funny that you never seem to get better on that thing. Works every time. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hey, uh, where did all these cats come from? All right, ladies and gentlemen. The next story uh, makes you want to puke. I, I don't know how to even articulate this story. I hate covering stories like this, ladies and gentlemen. I just don't know how to <sighs> deal with these kind of stories. Why? Because they're so downright offensive. But they fall into this narrative that I mentioned yesterday. You know, we have a trifecta. A satanic trifecta to destroy America and destroy we the people, the followers of Christ. That's what this battle is about, ladies and gentlemen. Good versus evil, right versus wrong. The followers of Christ versus the followers of the adversary. Uh, and this story highlights this in no uncertain terms. Here's the headline from theblaze.com. Netflix is streaming homosexual Jesus. That's right. Netflix has now released a blasphemous Christmas special movie. It is sick. That depicts Jesus as a homosexual and the Virgin Mary as an adulterer. I don't know how to say this. It's Primera Tentaceo de Cristo, or what they call First temptation of christ it's a production of the porta dos fundos comedy troupe from brazil this is sick ladies and gentlemen in the supposed parody jesus is shown bringing home 
a homosexual lover to meet Mary and Joseph. I don't even know how to respond to this. Satanic attack on our Lord, Jesus Christ. Now, they call it Blaze Exclusives. They want people to sign a petition against it. And I am all for that, ladies and gentlemen. I am all for that, but I'm also for more. You know, signing a petition is great, but I would submit to you the vote with your dollars. Do you, my fellow Americans, have a Netflix account? If you do, go on the Netflix and cancel it now. And if they ask for the reason why, say because of your blasphemous content. Vote with your dollars. Vote with your petitions. Do all that we can. I'm speaking out about this boldly because it is, to me, a disgrace. It is sick. But Netflix now streaming a movie about a homosexual Jesus. It's a comedy, a supposed parody, where Jesus is shown bringing home a homosexual lover to meet Mary and Joseph. I, I don't even know how to respond to a story like this. You know what? Any of you listeners, do you want to dial in and respond to this story? Dial 208-216-6100. That's 208-216-6100. Cameron will watch for your calls. And I, I just want to know, are you okay with this? Are you going to keep your Netflix account? Or are you as incensed as I am? Think about the world we live in and what this kind of a statement makes. Are we all about the getting and the spending in the worldly ways? Are we just going to turn our back on Christ like this? To me, Netflix should, should have enough cancellations to where it should literally shut down the whole company and put it into bankruptcy or conservatorship or whatever it's called. Just shut it down, not by force, but by, you know what? We're going to decide to use our money as we see fit. We're not going to tolerate this kind of satanic, sick, dishonest, immoral behavior. We're not going to tolerate it. Now, I'm not threatening any violence to anybody. I'm not wishing ill will on anybody, but I am telling you that we need to make a cultural stand. All right, I mentioned who is responsible for the cancel culture in America today. Are we going to cancel the cancel culture? So now they've canceled Jesus to be an upstanding son of God, and even in some people's minds, at least a revered prophet, to now uh, he's a homosexual promoting perversion. And it's a blasphemous Christmas special movie, if you will. It's sick. What are we going to do with this? Are we the people just going to tolerate this? And here's the interesting thing. I don't hear anybody speaking out about this. The Blaze brought it to my attention. Thank you, Glenn Beck and the Blaze and crew. I, I commend you. But how many people even know about this? Huh? I don't even know how to respond to this. So I went on and signed the petition. And I don't have a Netflix account anyway. They've already done other things that offended me. Back in the days, they created that, I don't know what it was, the suicide promotion movie. What was it called? Oh, what's that called? Do you remember Cameron? It's about 13-year-old kids and suicide and all that stuff. Oh, I'll have to look at the name for it. Anyway, I, I went on uh, Netflix and canceled back then when that movie was happening. I can't remember what it's called. Shoot. Anyway. I was so offended at that, and this is even a thousand times worse. Huh. 
This is even a thousand times worse. So I went on and signed the petition. <sighs> I, I don't even know how to respond to this thing, but I got an email back after I signed the petition that says, Dear Mr. Sam Bushman, I wholeheartedly thank you for protesting Netflix showing the blasphemous movie Temptation, First Temptation of Christ. This, among other blasphemies, portrays Christ as a homosexual and the blessed Virgin Mary as an adulteress. Your voice has been heard loud and clear, or, and clearly by heaven and against the rulers of the world of this darkness. We must continually, they say, be Catholic Christ, Catholics and Christians and never give up. In addition to the petition, please work harder. Please do more. Anyway, there you have it. I just don't even know how to respond to this kind of a, a, an assault on our Savior, Jesus Christ. I, I just, I am so incensed and so appalled about this. And let me tell you what I'm most appalled about. It's bad enough that Netflix and whoever else creates a movie like this in the first place. But I don't really see many Americans doing anything about it. I'm going to type into Google Netflix streaming homosexual Jesus. And how many articles do I find speaking out about this and letting you know about it, huh? I don't hear anybody up in arms. No one's brought this to my attention. Netflix under fire for depicting Jesus as gay. Brazil, Netflix, I guess they had a ban on it. It was overturned. Why is Netflix streaming a movie about a gay Jesus? Washington Examiner. Wow. It's a short film. Jesus is depicted as showing up for a surprise birthday party. As a gay Jesus. Okay. Petition gets over 2 million uh, signers. Wow. Dump Netflix, folks. Christians are dumping Netflix over blasphemous gay Jesus. I am seeing um, quite a bit of news, actually, about it, but not by the mainstream press, but by the rest of us. A lot of good Christian organizations, LifeSite News and others are talking about it. Good for them. But I don't see a, what's the term here? I don't see a big pushback by the, you know, I mean, the Christians are dumping Netflix over blasphemous gay Jesus. But I don't really see a ton of pushback. Anyway, it's just, it's insane, folks. It's insane that we're not doing much about it. And this has kind of been my point. I've mentioned this to Kurt Cosby and all of you. The American people aren't really doing much about things. They're just not engaged in the culture war. And I submit to you that we must become engaged in the culture war and we must do it now. Right? I mean, we need to get involved in this, folks. 
most people who don't know about this are literally merrily sitting back and watching Netflix and we have got to engage in the culture war. Do you understand what I'm saying, my fellow Americans? Quick pause. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The Food and Drug Administration on Monday says Pfizer's BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine for kids ages 12 to 15 has met the regulatory criteria, making way for teens to begin getting the COVID-19 vaccine shots as early as this week. A CDC vaccine advisory committee will still need to greenlight the shot for use in that age group with an approval expected Wednesday. The Tokyo Olympic Organizing Committee reported Monday International Olympic Committee President Thomas Bach has canceled a trip to Japan because of surging cases of COVID-19 in that country. Bach was to visit Hiroshima next Monday and meet with the torch relay and then probably travel to Tokyo. Organizing Committee President Seiko Hashimoto said the trip was made impossible because of a state of emergency in Tokyo and other parts of the country that have been extended until May 31st. Thanks for listening. We are USA Radio News. Is a new war with China coming? It's never been this bad, and even Henry Kissinger is warning Americans. Trade, freedom, technology, and war threats against Taiwan. China is a real threat. All this week on Newsmax TV, Grant Stinchfield looks at the real danger of the Red Dragon and why Americans must be alarmed. Stinchfield shows how Trump's policies with China worked and why Biden's are failing. So tune in tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern to see Stinchfield's series, The Dangerous Dragon. Stinchfield tells you the real truth on Newsmax, America's fourth highest rated cable news network, on all major cable systems. If you don't get it, call your cable system, tell them you want it. Or get Newsmax free on your smart TV. Or tune in on Roku, Amazon Fire, Pluto, Zumo, and YouTube. And millions have downloaded the free Newsmax app on their smartphone. You can too. America is tuning into Newsmax because it's real news for real people. In a blatant escalation of tensions in the region, Iranian speedboats harassed U.S. Navy and Coast Guard vessels in the Strait of Hormuz. Warning shots were fired. John Clemens from the Texas USA Radio News Bureau reports. The 13 speedboats had armed their machine guns when they got to within 150 yards of the American vessels in the International Choke Point Waterway. Department of Defense spokesman John Kirby picked up the story from the Pentagon. This group of uh, fast attack boats uh, boats uh, approached the U.S. formation at high speed, closing in as uh, close as 150 yards. The Coast Guard Cutter Maui, U.S. Coast Guard Cutter Maui, fired approximately 30 warning shots from a 50 caliber machine gun. Uh, after the second round, the 13 fast attack craft from the IRGCN broke contact. China's population grew at its slowest rate in decades in the 10 years prior to 2020, according to Chinese census data. Chinese population, according to the communist country, is 1.41 billion people. USA Radio News.
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. It's the culture war, stupid. You know how they used to say back in the day, it's the economy, stupid, right? <laughs> it's the culture war, stupid. Um, that's kind of the bottom line here. And I, the problem is the American people just simply are not engaged. All right, the American people are flat out sidelined. They're too busy. Too busy getting and spending and going on vacation and buying and having a good time and traveling here and there and partying and watching sports and uh, whatever. Okay, and this is a serious problem, my fellow Americans. A serious problem indeed. And so Christians, I'm grateful they're dumping Netflix over blasphemous gay Jesus. LifeSiteNews.com with the report. Netflix streaming a homosexual Jesus. Netflix has released a blasphemous Christmas special movie and basically saying that, uh, you know, uh, Mary is an adulterer. I guess, what, an adulterer because she has God's baby? Is that what they're claiming? Folks, it's the culture war, stupid, that we're fighting here. I'm telling you right now, and I'm telling you that Americans need to engage. But let me give you an idea of some of the things that we're doing instead. Airlines and travel companies now want you to buy now and pay later. Yeah, buy now, pay later plans are a high-tech twist on layaway plans, except that buyers now get to go on vacations and they get the goods or the vacations up front. They say it's becoming very popular. They say online shoppers are doing this big time. And I don't really understand it. I don't understand why you would go on vacations and do airline tickets and anything else and buy now and pay later. But in my mind, it just kind of articulates what's going on in our society. We are too busy. We are too derailed. We have corrupt politicians everywhere. Sadly, maybe it's the people that are corrupt, and that's the problem, huh? For example, headline says, Man goes on stabbing spree at New Zealand supermarket. At least four people were stabbed. Three critically in an apparent random attack. There you have it. And so, folks, you know, when they tell you that you got to get rid of the guns, what's next? The knives? Now, I'm not saying it's okay to go crazy with a knife like this. That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is good people do good things. A knife in my hands or a gun in my hands is for is a useful tool, right? But it's also a defense mechanism but when this man goes on a stabbing spree in a new zealand supermarket at least four people stabbed three critically and apparently a random attack you got to start to ask why and i don't think taking knives is the answer from the good from the safe from the honest i mean most of the good safe honest people well they're just off buying plane tickets on layaway You know, or they're not involved in the culture war. They're just simply not engaged. But 
they're not necessarily bad people or evil people, right? We got to be very <clears throat> careful. Now, I don't know how to respond to all this stuff. The news is just getting so outlandish, so extreme, so crazy that I don't even know how to respond. All right, let me give you some racist headlines to make the point. Headline says tech needs black product managers. USA Today money section. Think about that for a minute. USA Today. Tech needs black project managers. Now, I'm not against black project managers, managers, but I don't know why we just need black ones. I think if jobs need to be filled, we need, let me say it this way, we need project managers. If a project manager job is not fulfilled, we need project managers. I don't know that we need black ones. I mean, it's fine if they're black, it's fine if they're white, it's fine if they're Asian, it's fine if they're Hispanic. But the article then goes on and just promotes the racist agenda behind this headline. Listen carefully. They say in one evening in November 2016, listen, 16 people crowded into the living room of this lady. in an apartment in San Francisco's Mission District. And they go on to say this was no casual get-together. All of them worked at technology companies as product managers. All of them were black, and they were gathering over glasses of wine to share their work experiences. And then it says when they're the few at their companies, they're not feeling comfortable asking for help or being themselves. As one of the few black faces leading projects, I didn't have that community in my day-to-day job. She's talking about a community of, the, of other black people. All right. She says she felt comfortable when she was with her peers asking for advice without worrying about how she would be perceived. She said, we hung out all night because we were getting the community that we were lacking. This feeling that I'm not the only, that I can be myself. That yearning for a support network was more universal than she realized. Now listen. Today, there's a group called Black Project Managers. And it's an 1,100-member grassroots organization. Now, they say the group's sole mission is to bring more black people into project manager roles and to get more black project managers promoted into leadership positions. Inside tech companies, project managers play vital role, right? They say it's a lucrative career with an average salary for a project manager hovering around 110 grand a year. Yeah, 
they say that black people make up a tiny fraction of project product managers because it's predominantly a white and a male world. Silicon Valley has a race problem, they say. But you know what? They say that right now, black Americans or African Americans, and I'm not sure what an African American is. I know it's somebody who has their roots from Africa, supposedly, right? But how many of the roots come from Africa? And, uh, you know, my roots come from Scotland. So am I a Scottish American or an English American? You know, do we say that? Have you heard that often? Why not? Why do you hear it for the blacks, their origins, but you don't hear my origins every time you refer to me? Nevertheless, they say the African-Americans make up 3% of employees in the top 75 tech firms in Silicon Valley, although they hold, listen to this, although they hold 24% of the jobs of non-tech firms. Now, let me just stop you right there. Could it be that the people that aren't racist, it's just that black people haven't pursued tech industries? They've preferred other industries? For example, they have pursued uh, the NBA with reckless abandon. What percent of the NBA is black? Okay, so they might have pursued other careers, not tech, but that doesn't mean that they're being discriminated against or racially uh, shut down or there's a racial glass ceiling of some kind they say minorities at google and other companies are sharply underrepresented that may be true they say african americans are faring worse than hispanics anyway it goes on and on and on but here's my point okay is it really that everybody's a racist or is it blacks and others might have pursued different careers Right? Tech needs black project managers. Why? I think that the NBA needs more white players. Can we have it both ways? Can we speak out? Can I advocate for white tech managers? Or would that be wrong? If Planned Parenthood were what they publicly declare themselves to be, They would welcome transparency. We all know why they hide, because we know what they hide. We can confirm federal judges who follow the Constitution rather than reverse engineer their preferred policy outcomes. The truth about abortion is spreading because of advances in medical imaging, because of brave journalists, tireless activists, compassionate doctors, nurses and other healthcare professionals. The rising generation of young Americans is the most pro-life in decades because they know too. And one day soon, we will reaffirm our nation's principles in their dignified fullness and avow once again that all men are created equal. All are entitled to life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, 
where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. They're going to say that I'm racist as all get out for even discussing this. But here's the problem. You cannot win discussing race if you're white. Okay, if I don't bring it up, they say I'm afraid to discuss racism. If I do bring it up, then they say I'm a racist. And here's what I try to do with you, ladies and gentlemen. I try to look at it as fairly as I can. And I try to say we are all God's children and we should behave like it. We should treat each other with respect, with dignity, with kindness, with understanding. Have there been racism in the past in America? Absolutely. Is there racism now? Sadly, I'm sure there is. But I reject it. Okay? So tech needs black project managers, I believe, is a bogus story. Why? Because you know what? The NBA needs white players, if we're going to say that. Now, one would be okay, because you got to advocate for the black. That's all right. But you can't advocate for the white. They're the ones causing all the abuse, don't you know? See, and that's where I, I, I have a problem with this narrative. Okay, so let me give you an example to make the point. Maybe a lot of black people don't go into tech jobs. That doesn't mean they're not welcome. Doesn't mean they can't excel. A lot of Asians are really good at those kind of sciences. Okay, India, the Philippines, Russia have some of the best computer programmers in the world, ladies and gentlemen. And so I look at this kind of thing and I go, you know what? Maybe people just don't go into certain fields. You'd say, well, hey, for example, you know, being a diesel mechanic, there's a whole lot more males in the diesel mechanic world than there are females. Yeah, maybe a lot of females don't gravitate towards diesel mechanics. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of them might. Some women may be very good at it. I'm not downing women. But people gravitate towards where they feel like their aptitudes are, where they feel like they can excel. And maybe a lot of these black children didn't grow up with computers. Maybe the digital divide got them and they didn't have the money and they didn't have computers, so they're not accustomed to them, and therefore they don't pursue those careers. Now, I'm not against helping black people learn, if they're interested in that kind of a field, to become project and product managers. I don't have any problem with any of that. But to act like we need to create an organization to literally get blacks involved, to what percent would they be happy? Let's think about that question. What percent would they be happy? Let's say that the black population is 12% of the American population, right? Would they be happy if 12% were managers? Because they said that there were 3% in tech, but there were 24% in other places, in other fields. The next question becomes if blacks are, are product managers, huh? How many blacks pursue that kind of career in relation to how many are there? In other words, if only 3% pursue the career, 
and 3% have job, then they're doing pretty good, aren't they? Now, if we want to say let's have an education program that lets them know that this is a great opportunity with a good salary, fine. But why in the culture war does it have to be about black versus white? If education's the problem, why don't we just focus on education for all of us? Right? Okay, so I, I don't what I don't like is the racial undertones of every story these mainstream press people put out. Every one of them. Let me give you an example. You've heard story after story after story after story in the news. Here's what it says. You ready? Uh, because of the COVID, because of Coco, you know, people are having to learn remotely, and the poor blacks, the poor blacks, they just don't do well in remote education. They're unfairly sidelined, and oh, it's horrible, and you know, that may be true, okay, to some degree. And I believe that that's where, you know, maybe their parents aren't educated as much to help them at home. I get that there's problems, and I don't deny those problems. And I don't ignore those problems or pretend they don't exist. But you can't have it both ways. So here's what they say. It's horrible these kids go home. They don't have a chance to learn. Well, maybe their parents can learn to read with the children or learn mathematics with their children. Maybe they can make it kind of a family focus and they can all improve their education together. If you want guidance on that, I would recommend going to people like Ben Carson, Dr. Ben Carson for guidance. Now, LeBron James, since he's such a big mouth, maybe he can go ahead and help fund some of this stuff. The guy's got plenty of cash and him and Ben Carson could team up and and work on bringing education and solutions and read pro, reading programs and mathematics programs and things like that to some of the inner city neighborhoods. I'm, I would participate in supporting those kinds of efforts. I don't have any problem with lifting all boats, folks. What I have a problem with is destroying one group of people and pitting one group of people against the other. So they give you stories over and over and over about how Blacks are so downtrodden, so abused because of COVID, they all had to stay home, and they're the ones suffering the most. Oh, it's horrible. Rather than finding solutions, but here's the next interesting article. I saw it in USA Today, but it actually comes from a a website called NorthJersey.com. Now listen to this headline and see if it doesn't stand in the contrast with the woe is me article after article after article that the mainstream press pits. Oh, they're home and they can't get an education. They're the ones hit the hardest. It's horrible. Okay, now here's this headline. Why some black teens thrive with remote school. Why some black teens thrive with remote school, NorthJersey.com. I assume it's because their parents are interested in education and teach their children to be educated. And I would submit to you that some of them can work at their own pace and progress, just like why homeschooling is so valuable for so many. But you want to know the reason that they say some black children are doing so phenomenally at home? Can you guess why? Why some black teens thrive with remote school? Do you want to know why? Can you take a stab at it, folks? You know the answer. Well, they're forced home because of the COVID, right? But the reason that they do better at home is because they can avoid the systemic racism in the government schools. So now we're saying because you're home, you're doing better because you just don't have to deal with the racism that you had to deal with in your school every day. See, you just can't win. We bring kids home and it's racist because kids aren't doing well enough. 
you bring kids home and they're doing incredible, but it's because they escape the racism in the schools. You help a kid get a job and you're a racist. You don't help a kid get a job and you're a racist. You this, you that, you to the point where it's absolutely obnoxious. Not because I don't care about the kids. I do. Not because there's no racism in our society. I'm sure there is. There are racist people. But ladies and gentlemen, I don't believe that everything is blamed on by racism. All right? I don't buy it. Okay? I hope black people and white people and everybody do do well. I hope everybody can get jobs and do well for themselves. And I would advocate for programs to make those things happen. But to blame everything always on a racist twist. Oh, blacks are home. By golly, thank heavens they can escape the racism. Blacks are are in school. Oh, by golly, it's racist there. Sure glad they didn't have to, you know. Oh, man, kids can't go to school. Man, it's because they're racist. Won't let them go. Kids are in school. Man, it's horrible. They don't have the home support group that other people have. They, you, you can never, ever, ever resolve the problem. No matter what you advocate for, no matter what you do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Let me give you another racist story in the news from, of course, USA Today again. Mom, and it, say, it says, Mom Okla. I don't know what that means. They say kids pum- punished for BLM shirts. I don't know if you saw this. Little kids got punished for Black Lives Matter shirts, they say. The country controversy began in late April, they say, when Jordan Herbert's eight-year-old son wore a Black Lives Matter shirt to Charles Evans Elementary School. Herbert said the principal in East Brunk made him turn the shirt inside out it may be mad and sad said a third grader they say what the parents say what dress code did my child violate was told that political statements were not allowed in school now they say that wearing a black lives matter shirt has nothing to do with politics He's simply saying that his life matters. Now, the school's policy says that shirts and tops of sayings or logos should be appropriate. So the battle's on. About Black Lives Matter t-shirts in school for kids. Now, some people say, I don't want Trump shirts worn. I don't want all these different shirts worn because it just creates socially charged environments. Anxiety and issues become front and center that I don't want to have to deal with, said the principal. And said there were proper or there were examples of similar cases across the district. Most of it's not been an issue until this lady was angry about it, etc. But here's the problem. Ladies and gentlemen, do you think kids should wear Black Lives Matter shirts to school? And let me ask you the next question. A more fundamental question. If I were to wear a White Lives Matter shirt to school, would that be okay? 
How can these black families say that a BLM shirt charged with politics, charged with violence across the country, that that's not a political T-shirt to wear? Now, if I wore the other shirt, though, they would say that I'm racist, that I'm politically driven, that if I had a white, lives matter. What if I wore a shirt that said all lives matter? Could I do that? See, I think the school has every right to make whatever policy that it wants to make. And if you don't like it, don't go there. Go somewhere else. Well, oh, man, then they're racist and you can't have an education. Well, if you go home, you can do better, says this other article. See, we just can't win. Now, personally, I, I agree with the point that why are we making school politically charged in the first place? I agree with the comment. Maybe the school ought to have uniforms. The school that I send my kids to is a private school, and if I don't like it, I can leave. But I have our kids wear uniforms in school to take out that divisiveness, to take out that controversy, to take out that, you know, my clothes are better than yours clothes discussion or uh, maybe kids wearing clothes that are too revealing or whatever else may be the latest debate of the day, right? There you have it. And I look at this thing and I just go, what a sad tale to tell in America where we're just divided on everything. It's a culture war, stupid. Really, it's the culture war, stupid, right? It's a sad day in America, folks, and we need to start to stand up and be counted. Look, if we're not going to allow people to wear those kinds of shirts at all, then fine. But if we're going to allow people to wear politically charged or whatever you want to call it shirts like that i would back the mother and say hey her kid can wear a black lives matter shirt just as my kid can wear a white lives matter shirt just as somebody else could say babies lives matter when after all we've killed 60 million of them since roe versus wade most of them many of them black margaret sanger was a flat-out hardcore racist and no one seems to talk about that what about babies lives matter Aborted lives matter. All lives matter. Am I a racist for saying that? Then call me a racist. I don't care. Because me and God are on the same page. God's pro-life and so am I. God save the republic. the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news. The network refused to use. No doubt continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for May the 11th of the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two of the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Wow, it's the culture war, stupid. Netflix promoting a gay Jesus. Let's stand against it, big time. Sadly, a man goes on stabbing spree in New Zealand. Four people stabbed, three people critically. A random attack, they say. Again, I hope they don't start wanting to take knives. What are they going to want to take next, huh? Now, I think it's sad that that person went ballistic, but somebody with a gun ought to stop that thug right in his tracks and said, you know what? 
You're not going to stab people. That's not happening on my watch. That's why we need the ability to defend ourselves. After all, it is a God-given inalienable right, don't you know? Codified by the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution, the supreme law of the land. Let's be very clear indeed, okay? All right, we also talked about these racial stories in USA Today. All right, what a sad tale to tell. Now, I want to talk about something entirely different. Let's talk about black. Uh, This is a different kind of black, though, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't racial at all, at least not yet. They'll probably try to find a way that it is, but right now they don't got it. So it's not racist yet. But here it is. Headline is blackouts. We're talking about electricity, ladies and gentlemen, not race. Okay? Can we do that, or are we racist for not continuing to talk about race? See? All right. Headline says blackouts are growing threat to U.S. cities. Amen to that. The story is by Christopher Flavel, the author of a new study, said the combination of blackouts and extreme heat may be the deadliest climate-related event we can imagine. Dateline, Washington. Wow. What do you think of that? Extreme heat. Blackouts are growing threat. Dateline, Washington, the growing risk of an overlapping heat wave and power failures poses a severe threat that major American cities are simply not prepared for, new research suggests. Wow. Power failures, they say, have increased by more than 60% since 2015 alone. Even as, they say, climate change has made heat waves worse. According to the new research published in the journal Environmental Science. Wow. They say using computer models to study three large cities, the authors estimated that a combined blackout and heat wave would expose at least two-thirds of residents in those cities to heat exhaustion or heat stroke. And although each of the cities in the study has dedicated what they call public cooling centers for people who need relief from the heat, those centers could accommodate no more than 2% of a given city's population. Wow. The authors then found that an overwhelming number of residents would be in severe danger if this happened. A widespread blackout during an intense heat wave could be the deadliest climate-related event we can imagine. Think about that. Uh, I don't even know how to respond to this exactly. Because are we aware of this, folks? 
A widespread blackout during an intense heat wave may be the deadliest climate-related event we can imagine. These are the authors of this study. Said Brian Stone Jr. or Jr. He's the professor at the School of City and Regional Planning at Georgia Institute of Technology. He's also the lead author of the study. He said, yet such a scenario is increasingly likely. The findings come just months after a winter storm knocked out power for millions of people in Texas, causing massive outages, causing more than 150 deaths and demonstrating how easily severe weather can overwhelm electrical grids. I agree with all that. But as much as winter storms and extreme cold remain a threat, the greater risk to human health as temperatures rise is from extreme heat. Heat is already the most dangerous type of severe weather event. By one estimate, they say, killing 12,000 Americans already each year. Wow. And climate change, they say, is making heat waves more frequent and more severe. The changing climates also seems to be making power failures more common. For example, from 2015 to 2020, the name of blackouts, the number of blackouts annually in the United States doubled, Dr. Stone said. Wow. And those blackouts were more likely to occur during the summer months, suggesting they were being driven in part by high temperatures, which increase demand on the electrical grid as families turn up their AC to cool down. They say because both heat waves and blackouts are becoming more frequent, then the probability of concurrent heat waves and blackouts um, is very likely and it's rising, Dr. Stone said. Now, wow. So Dr. Stone, along with a team of eight other researchers, from Georgia Tech and from Arizona State, the University of Michigan, and the University of Guelph, I guess that's in Ontario, Canada. They set out to gauge the human health consequences when power failures coincide with heat waves. Interesting study to say the least, isn't it? To do that, they picked three huge cities, Atlanta, Georgia, Detroit, and Phoenix. They looked at recorded temperatures during some of their most severe heat waves. The next, they used computers to model the temperatures in different neighborhoods. If those heat waves were to hit at the same time, that a citywide blackout 
disabled air conditioners, then they wanted to know how hot the insides of homes would get under those conditions, right? Well, they did all this research, and they came back. Something that Dr. Stone said, we've never tried this before. They collect the data showing the building characteristics for every single residential structure in each city. For example, building age construction, material level of insulation in the homes, number of floors. The results were alarming. In Atlanta, more than 350,000 people or about 70% of the residents would be exposed to indoor temperatures equal to or greater than 32 degrees Celsius, which means 89.6 degrees Fahrenheit, the level at which National Weather Services Heat Classification Index says heat exhaustion and heat stroke are possible. So they got this big, huge study going on. In Detroit, more than 450,000, or about 68% would be exposed to that same indoor temperature. In Phoenix, the entire population be at risk, well over a million people. Wow. Oh, 1.7 million people. They say some people don't even have air conditioners, and that would be worse for the people who don't have air conditioners as primarily the, um, what do you want to call it, poor among us? Yeah. Anyway, there you have it. There's a lot of people in Detroit that don't have any money, right? Anyway, we'll talk about this more in seconds. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. 
Daddy, why some my seals are gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live. Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips, ladies and gentlemen. So we're talking about blackouts. Blackouts are growing threats to U.S. cities. The author of a new study said that the combination of blackouts and extreme heat Maybe the deadliest climate event we can imagine. As much as winter storms and extreme cold remains a threat, the greater risk to humans is temperatures rising from extreme heat. We already know the heat is already the most dangerous type of severe weather event in terms of health and safety for people they say these cities that they did the research on have these cooling centers but they're not near enough to cool enough people to matter and listen to this carefully the cooling centers don't have backup generators wow so now you got a situation where even if you go to the heat or cooling center you might not get cooled if the power goes out of the cooling center right because they don't have backup generators Wow, I don't know how to respond to that, really. It's a sad tale, and we're simply not prepared for it. Now, are you going to get prepared, ladies and gentlemen? What's the best way to deal with heat issues? And I don't know if people know. I don't know if people realize. I don't know if people know how to deal with this do you know how to deal with this folks what if you were caught in a severe heat situation and your power is out what would you do you know one of the best things to do is if you have a basement go in the basement it's cooler right that's simple for a lot of us Uh, although in some of these places that's not a very uh, that's not an option what else can you do get outside in the shade and pray for a breeze what else can you do? Get water. Uh, what we used to do as little kids, I'll, I'll tell you a little story. When we were little kids, uh, you know what? We didn't have air conditioning in all of our cars when I was young. I mean, uh, air conditioning, I think, came a little bit later. I don't remember air conditioning in our early cars. Maybe, maybe we just didn't have good cars and air conditioning was broken. I'm, I was so young, I don't remember. But I know this. What we would do is we had an ice chest full of ice. We would take off our shirt, at least the boys would, and the girls would do something similar. Uh, and put it in the ice water and get our shirt all wet, cold ice, and put our shirt back on. And it lasted for a good, you know, 
20 minutes, half hour while your shirt, uh, at first it was cold, but would drive through the hot, hot desert Barstow, uh, California. Some of these places would be 120 degrees outside, 110, whatever, uh, going through Vegas and anything else. It'd be really, really, really hot. And we'd just take off our shirt and put it in ice and cool it down and put our shirt back on and let that cool us down for a while. That plus the windows down in your car while you're driving, even though the wind was hot, um, if you didn't have too much wind, it would actually cool you. So there's a lot of flexible options that we can do with this kind of stuff. It's just interesting, though, that some of the elderly and some of the vulnerable and some of the people who um, are in poverty would struggle mightily. Right? They would struggle mightily with this. And um, it's something to really worry about or, or consider, right? And I, I bring it all up because in our society, what we do is we do these kinds of studies, and I appreciate the studies being done. I'm not really excited about a government university doing the study and taking my tax dollars for it, right? But I do appreciate the study and the necessity of it, if you will. <laughs> but what are we going to do now with the study and the results? We know the truth, all right? If we believe it, do you believe this is the truth? Do you believe blackouts are a growing threat to U.S. cities? Do you believe, like the author of the study says, that the combination of a blackout and an extreme heat wave may be the deadliest climate event we could imagine? Hey, Cameron, do you believe that? Do you think heat combined with a blackout could be the deadliest of all the different, you know? No, Cameron doesn't believe. What do you think would be the worst uh, storm that we could have or the worst climate uh, event? Extreme cold, extreme heat, hurricanes, tornadoes, fires. What do you, what do you think is the most likely <clears throat> realistic event that could cause serious problems in society and mass illness and death? Because it's an interesting question, right? All right, Cameron's thinking about it, but he doesn't think it's heat combined with blackouts. I know this, every storm or every, whatever you want to call it, heat wave, every freeze or cold snap or whatever you want to call it, every tornado, every hurricane, every microburst, every whatever, um, all of them are bad. When the power goes out, it, comp it compounds the problem big time, right? And that's kind of a, a really talking about what we need to do is get rid of the grid, and develop better ways for people to generate local power because then even if power's out for a certain group of them, you can have a storm in one area of a state or in one county uh, and it won't affect the rest of the state. So people might go down there, but it wouldn't take everybody else down if it wasn't a big power grid dependency thing, if we weren't all dependent on one another. So one of the greatest things that I would advocate for is to find ways to generate power off the grid or generally lo or locally generated, whether it be generators whether it be battery packs, whether it be so that you can weather some of these things. Now, I don't know that you could do AC, uh, but keep in mind, even if you have the power out, if you can run a fan, which is much, much lower power, I get that it doesn't work as well as AC, right? But I'm telling you right now, in a heat wave, if you have a fan, it can make a tremendous difference. You know, oftentimes they say it's this temperature, but it feels like this temperature. Have you ever seen those kind of things? When you talk about how it feels, uh, even with a fan, it makes a lot of difference. And if you can get shade and a fan, 
Now you're actually starting to make a big difference. Or if you could take a place that's super hot and you can somehow just at least get a little breeze blowing, a little bit of wind moving. When it makes a tremendous difference. A tremendous difference, right? So I think that there are little things that we could do that would take us a long way. And I'm not really here to debate what is the worst climate disaster or whatever you want to call it or whatever we could have. I do know that whatever happens when you take out electricity, um, you know, people can be freezing cold when you or freezing or super hot or, you know, none of those conditions are great. But keep in mind that, you know, in past centuries we lived with it. But we didn't live in such high-rise cities and buildings and stuff. We could, you know, build a fire. And the fire could keep us warm if we just had trees or wood around or coal or anything else. Nowadays, when you're in these big cities, you can't do any of that kind of stuff. So I would submit to you that living in the big cities are part of the problem. Being in such a metropolis in the first place is part of the problem. And I'm not here to debate which circumstance is the worst. None of them are pleasant. All of them there can be remedies for with a little bit of forethought, though. And I don't think it takes a gazillion dollars. A generator to let a fan run can make all the difference in the world. You don't have to run your air conditioner. You don't have to run a heater. Those are very power-hungry kind of uh, technologies. But you can run a little fan. You can take off your shirt and put it in cool water and put your shirt back on and cool down. And believe it or not, even just a little bit to prevent your body from overheating makes the biggest difference. Small changes make tremendous uh, contributions to, to addressing a problem. Small little things oftentimes have big impact uh, on uh, solutions. And so I'm not really here to argue which is the worst storm or which would be the worst scenario or whatever else, uh, like some of these authors. But I am here to argue that we need to do a little bit of forethought about this. And we need to think, what would we do if we had a serious cold snap? Could we build a fire? Do we have a way to heat ourselves? Do we have lots of blankets? Do we have a way that we could get into one room of our home if it was really cold? Close the doors and, and you know, through our body heat and enough blankets and maybe some kind of other little heating options make a difference? I mean, if you even had some of those preparedness hand warmers, make a huge difference, folks. I mean, my dad literally grew up putting rocks on the fire and taking those rocks and putting them in the bottom of his, you know, bed or sleeping bag at night to stay warm. But you'd have to have a fire or a stove or some way to accomplish that, right? But, you know, that's not a very expensive option unless you're in the big city and you can't do that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, the homeless try to use trash cans and burn a big fire in a trash can to get warm. I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying that, hey, People resort to whatever they need to. But if you plan a little bit, it will take you a long way. Anyway, enough on this half hour of that. But I thought it was an interesting study. And I thought I'd bring a few solutions to the table. Why? Because this is Solutions Radio. Exposing Corruption. Informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
USA Radio News with Lance Pry. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy told his Republican colleagues to expect a vote on Wednesday on removing Representative Liz Cheney from her leadership post. Cheney is under fire from members of her own party for continually battling the GOP. More signs the pandemic is coming to an end. People who deliver packages to businesses and homes classified as couriers and messengers by the Labor Department saw the industry's biggest monthly job losses in more than 20 years in April. Indeed's Nick Bauer says employers in the industry might be thinking that demand for delivery services won't be as strong post-pandemic as they originally thought, end quote. NBC has announced it will drop its broadcast of the Golden Globe ceremony in 2022 after a Hollywood backlash over the ethics of the group and its lack of diversity. Actor Tom Cruise joined the revolt by returning three Golden Globes he's won over the years. USA Radio News. Hello, this is Wayne Alaroot for our newest sponsor, Asset Strategies, or ASI for short. ASI is a precious metals powerhouse. They sell gold and silver. Never in history has there been a more important moment to buy gold and silver. ASI has been in business for 39 years. They've served over 20,000 clients and sold $5 billion worth of gold, silver, and precious metals with zero complaints. Last year, gold saw gains of 25%. Silver nearly doubled gold's performance. Now Democrats are in charge. Green New Deal, open borders, free health care for illegals. Bailout broke cities and states. The debt is about to go through the stratosphere. The time to buy is now. The owners of ASI, Michael and Rich Checkin, have been my close personal friends for 16 years. ASI is the company I trust when it comes to buying and selling precious metals. Call now to receive a free consultation and a free one-ounce Silver Eagle with every qualifying purchase when you mention the Wayne Alaroot Show. Call 800-831-0007. That's 800-831-0007. Or visit AssetStrategies.com. A shooting in Times Square Saturday evening still has a suspect at large. From the incident, a hero is called out at the New York Police Department. Tim Berg from the Phoenix USA Radio News Bureau reports. We're hearing from the New York City cop who carried a little girl to safety after this weekend's Times Square shooting. Officer Alyssa Vogel says her motherly and police instincts kicked in when she realized the four-year-old had been shot. Took the tourniquet off my gun belt and started applying it to her leg. That's when Officer Farter and I put it on her and then checked her to see if she had any more gunshot wounds. The little girl, a woman from New Jersey and a woman from Rhode Island, are all recovering from wounds, although it's not believed they were the intended targets. The suspect was allegedly shooting at his brother and remains on the run. NYPD Commissioner Demache. How many kids have to be shot before we take this seriously? Bad policies have consequences. You're listening to USA Radio News. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio, hard-hitting talk always at your fingertips. LovingLiberty.net, LibertyRoundtable.com. Spread the word, tell your neighbor. By the way, check out our apps for live and on-demand radio that are free. Android app, iPhone app, LovingLiberty.net. Download them free today. All right, as we've mentioned, they have divide lines in the cancel culture agenda to divide everybody on every topic everywhere all the time. Doesn't matter if it's male, female, gay, straight, white, black, Christian, non-Christian, tall, short, skinny, fat, whatever. They don't care. They just want to divide, divide, divide. 
We hopefully are smart enough. It's the culture war, stupid. We hope we're smart enough not to fall for their divisionary lies. We can all be kind and respectful and considerate and get along and do very well. Now, that's the truth, whether they want you to believe it or not. But nevertheless, there are two articles that have come out virtually uh, in the same week that show the divide amongst the states. Some call it a red and blue divide, right? Some say that it's, uh, I don't know, a red and blue thing or a Republican-Democrat thing or, you know, I don't know what it is, okay? Because I don't believe the Republicans are always good and the Democrats are always bad. I don't think the labels uh, matter. Some people have an agenda to promote and, and stabilize America. Some don't. All right, so you've heard of this critical race theory. All right, and critical race theory is this general idea that says, hey, whites are racist. There is no other way about it. They're born racist. They're always racist. If they say they're not racist, it just proves they are, and it shows how ignorant they are because it's so systemic, so ingrained, uh, so white privileged to the point where they don't even acknowledge it. They just can't help not knowing it. It's so systemic. It's so innate. It's so, okay, that, and nobody else can be a racist. Blacks can't because they're the underdogs. They're the downtrodden. They're the oppressed. And the oppressed, of course, can't be racist. So they want to try to teach this, you know, in my opinion, critical race theory in government schools and everything else. But two states are battling about it now. And they're not battling because they're fighting each other. They're just picking 180-degree different roads. Headline says, Idaho Governor Brad Little signed a bill that prohibits public schools and universities from introducing critical race theory, they call it CRT instruction, if it compels students to view others through the discriminatory lens of race. All right, so Brad Little, governor of Idaho, says we're not having critical race theory here if it requires you to look through the critical lens of race. So this idea that says whites are just racist, they can't help it lens. It's systemic. There's nothing they can do. In fact, their denial proves they're racist. Okay, that's not going to happen in Idaho. But a nearby state, the state of Washington, Governor Jay Inslee, he's the governor of Washington State, signs a bill mandating Critical race training in public schools. So think about that for a minute, ladies and gentlemen. You have these two states that are right next to each other. What do they call it? In the West, the Mount, Rocky Mountain states, I don't know what you call it, the left coast. What? Where is it? Washington and Idaho. And they're states that are literally right next to each other, right? One's got a liberal extreme Democrat governor. The other one's got a somewhat conservative. I mean, I, I don't believe that Brad Little's a real constitutional patriot, necessarily, but he at least gets this, because the divide couldn't be more contrasting. Right? And the states that I point to for the example couldn't be more different in culture, different in expectations, but they're right next to each other. I mean, this just highlights the divide they've created amongst the states, almost more so than any other example that I can uh, notate or annotate, whatever you want to call it, denote, right? Think about that. One's going to mandate critical race theory in schools. The other one's going to 
literally prohibited by law. Now, what I like about it, though, is both of them signed a bill. They both signed a bill. So at least the proper legislative bodies came up with the legislation, and the governors are signing it as opposed to an edict from the governor. I like that. At least they're using the checks and balances to some degree. But I look at it and say, I don't think you could find a more divergent path for two states to take. A bill that prohibits public schools and universities from introducing critical race theory, especially if it requires one to look through a racial lens. The other one, science bill mandating critical race training in public schools. So whether it's called politic or um, critical race training or critical race theory, it's, it's still CRT training, CRT theory, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Uh, but the states couldn't be more in opposition to each other on this. Uh, and I, I don't know how to respond to this except for, I will say this, a lot of the people in Washington are wanting to leave the state of Washington, meaning counties. And they're literally, uh, as far as I can tell, saying we want to leave California or we want to leave Washington and become part of Idaho. They literally want to switch states because they believe their associations with uh, Washington are too liberal, too extreme, too radical. Because remember, Washington is primarily controlled by what? Seattle? The West Coast is where most of Washington residents, Washingtonians, what do you call them? <laughs> anyway, that's where most of them live, right? So as a result, um, a lot of the Washington people from the eastern portion of the state want to leave Washington and switch states to the state of Idaho. Anyway, the reason that I bring all that up is because that movement is not going away anytime soon. And I submit to you that these two divergent bills will do nothing but widen the chasm and will do nothing but encourage these people. I don't, I don't know what these groups from wanting to leave the state of Washington and join the state of Idaho. This will just push them more to promote harder this agenda that, man, we have got to get out of Washington state. Right. We've got to get out of Washington state. We've got to do something completely different. That's kind of what people are you know, thinking. It's shocking to me how we can just be so completely opposing in our views in America nowadays. And the views, they're not only opposing, like I disagree, I feel this way and you feel that way. But they are, uh, what do you want to call it? They're so opposed that they, they play contrarian beyond a disagreement. Meaning it, it, it drives a wedge and creates this, to some degree, irreconcilable, irreconcilable fault line. Look, you either believe in critical race theory or you don't. You believe it's a fact or not. You believe it's real or you believe it's, it's contrived. Right? Are whites systemically racist and every white is a racist, period, in a paragraph? And everybody who's not white is a victim and not a racist and can't be by the very nature of their victimhood? That's the critical race theory agenda. That's the focus point. And either you believe that's true by nature, that it's, that it's really the reality, that is the facts, or you believe that's nothing but propaganda de designed to divide people. See, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Now, we got to discuss racism and opinions and beliefs and stuff. I think that black people enjoy being with black people more. And I think white people enjoy being with white people more. 
And I think Asian people enjoy being with Asian people more. And Hispanics like to be with Hispanics. Not because they hate the other races. Or because they want to harm the other races. Or because they have it out for them or anything like that. It's because they feel comfortable with the familiar. Okay? Blacks feel comfortable with blacks because they have the same language. And I don't mean English. I mean dialect or or whatever you want to call it. Cultural language, slang, etc. Whites have the same. Hispanics have the same. And they feel comfortable around that slang. They pronounce words the same. They they understand mutual meanings. They have cultural norms and acceptable uh, behaviors and responses to things that others don't get. And it's not that they hate me or that I hate them. It's that I gravitate towards the comfortable. I gravitate towards the known as opposed to the unknown. So do you. So does everyone. That doesn't mean that there's racism at the core of it all. And that doesn't mean that I want harm to anyone. Now, I'm going to advocate for the white race because I'm white. Whenever I have a baby, I perpetuate the right, the white, I shouldn't say right, the white race. Why wouldn't I? I'm white. My wife's white. Therefore, we make white babies. We just want to have a family. We want to follow God's laws and have children that will bless our lives and we can bless their lives. Okay? But I don't have any problem with other races doing the same it is right for non-whites to have babies and celebrate their heritage also is it not but when does it become racism when does it let's talk about this divide a little bit more then we'll talk about the happiest place on earth shall we on liberty roundtable live why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less. Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? in churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. 
with news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So I, I don't know how to respond to these divides in America, whether it be race. But now they're dividing states over race. You got Washington State promoting critical race theory. You got Idaho rejecting critical race theory via their legislatures and respective governors. Uh, and it couldn't be more divergent. And it's not just a, I can disagree with you and you believe in it and I don't. It's a matter of what we're forcing to be the education and, and you know, whatever you want to call it, mandates of the state. It's codified by government, by legislative bodies, signed by governors, etc. And it couldn't be more opposing, and it couldn't be more contradictory. I mean, we've taken contrarian views to, to the extreme to where there's a, a widening chasm, a greater divide that I don't think is going away anytime soon. Jay and Salee, governor of Washington, Brad Little, governor of Idaho, I don't know that they can have more different views. And I don't know what it means for society either, but I'm concerned, very concerned. Do you believe critical race theory is real? Do you believe all white people are racist and nobody else, uh, anybody that's non-white, if you will, not racist? See, I don't believe that lie. I believe there's racists everywhere. And there's people everywhere who are not racists of all persuasions or all ethnicities or whatever you want to call it, whatever words we use that are appropriate for this. Like, am I allowed to say black? Am I allowed to say colored? Uh, or do I have to say African-American every time? When you say non-white, is that everybody that's what? How do you define Caucasian? What if you have a Hispanic person that's very, very white? Or what if you have a white guy that's very, very dark-skinned? How do they fit in? Is it looks? Is it ethnicity based on DNA tests? What is it? You know, I don't know, and I don't care, to be honest with you. What I care about is we're all God's children, and I want us to be kind and behave and treat each other with respect and dignity and honor. And just because I want to have a family, that doesn't mean I don't want you to, meaning you of any other race or ethnicity than me. I want all of us to celebrate our heritage. I want all of us to have families and loved ones surrounding us. All of us really want the same thing, folks. We want to have food in our bellies. We want to have homes and warmth and cooling and safety and happiness. We want to be left alone to pursue our own dreams. We want to work hard together and pray together and cry together and fail together and succeed together and do all the things that people do. That is the human quest, if you will, to learn to obey God Almighty. Or not. But just because I want to do that with people that I know and that I'm comfortable with, it doesn't mean that I'm against the guy next door that may be of a different race than me. I know he wants the same thing I want. And I may hang out with him if we have a lot of things in common. And I may not if we don't have things in common. The black guy that loves radio and loves preparedness and, and, and loves outdoors and, and those kind of things um, and loves technological things, you know, technology and all that kind of stuff. The black guy that does that would be more of my friend than the white guy that isn't interested in any of those things. See, to me, it isn't about race. But for the, the, for the folks who want to drive a wedge between all of us, everything is only about race. That's it. That's all there is. It's systemic. 
this critical race education or training or theory is the core to them. That's all that matters. Okay? Now, if the guy next door thinks I'm a racist because he believes in critical race theory, I don't care if he's white or black, but I probably won't be friends with him or hang out with him because I don't believe in that. He thinks I'm a racist by nature, and I can never get rid of it, and there's nothing that I can do about it. I don't know how to be friends with someone like that. I would hope that they learn about me over time, that I live uh, to the best of my ability a Christian life. I would hope that they watch how I behave to people around me. I would hope to treat him as a respectful neighbor, no matter what race he is. I would hope he'd feel comfortable coming over to borrow a cup of sugar if he needed one. I would hope if he needed something, uh, let's say his car battery went dead and he needed someone to help him, I'd, I'd hope he'd knock on my door and say, hey, do you have a way to help me, you know what, jumpstart my car or whatever, and I'd love to help. I don't care what race he is. I don't give a rip what race he is or she is. Or Okay? Um, I would be willing to help that person. And by the way, even though I disagree with the lifestyles of the gay and the lesbians and the transgenders and all these other people, if they came over and they were my neighbor and wanted help as well to start their car or wanted to borrow a cup of sugar or any of those things, I'd be glad to oblige either way. They're my neighbors. I should do my best to care for them and look out for them. Okay, if I had a black neighbor and he went on vacation, I would look after his house, just being my neighbor, just as much as I would my white neighbor. Why? Because I'm not interested in the racial divide. You look, if my neighbor's kind to me and respectful to me, and I can be that way to them, great. I would hope that the black person would watch out for my house just like my white neighbor or my Asian neighbor or my Latino neighbor or whatever. I'm See, I would hope we could set aside all this stuff. And I really believe in the real world that's really the way it is for the most part. I think most of us agree with that view, and most of us are that way. And I think that it's just this mainstream press in bed with education and, and bureaucrats that are literally driving this wedge. Now, I personally believe that, that Jay Inslee's out in the weeds, and I believe Brad Little's right that we got to reject this race theory. After all, it's only a theory. We shouldn't be teaching it as fact, number one. Number two, we shouldn't be viewing others through a racial lens. We shouldn't do that. We shouldn't look at anyone with a discriminatory racial lens. I don't think white people should do it. I don't think black people should. I don't think anybody should do it. And if there are racists among us, I would hope that we show them a better way. We don't need to reject them and marginalize them in society and attack them either. What we need to do is love them into understanding that, you know what, it's not the way you think it is. There are ways to go about that by patience and kindness and long-suffering. And I think Jesus taught us the way, did he not? The Prince of Peace taught us the way. By the way, was Jesus white? I don't know. He was a Jew. If you ask my opinion, I don't, we don't have real photos. We just have depictions from others, but we don't have real evidence. But I would, my guess would be that he had olive skin. Right? Is that white or is that non-white? I don't think it's black. But I, I would have to say it's non-white. If you look at a piece of paper and you look at my skin, I'm non-white too. The white piece of paper is much more white than I am. So, folks, we need to get past this stuff. We really do. All right, headline says Disneyland ready to bring happy back to California. Palm Spring Desert Sun teaming up with USA Today for this piece.
the wait is almost over for Disneyland fans. But before you go, here are some tips to help you prepare to go to Disneyland or for you to go to California Adventure, they say. You're, um, well, you're going to be restricted quite a bit, I guess, is the real word, the way, the way to say it, right? They say more information is available on the Disneyland website. But I guess happiness uh, is only available for Californians. They say Disneyland tickets and reservations for now are only available to California residents. They say in the parks, tickets and reservations must be made in advance online or through the app FastPass and the uh, Disney Max Pass, as well as Magic Morning and Extra Magic Hour offerings. They're suspended until further notice. I just don't know how to respond to all this, folks. It just seems so foreign. They say temperature checks, screening with no-touch thermometers will be required before entering the parks. Based on state health guidelines, anyone with a temperature of 100.4 or higher will not be allowed entry, or nor will anyone else in their party be allowed to enter the park. Masks, they say. Face coverings could only be removed when actively eating or drinking. But you must be stationary and physically distanced from others when doing so. Eating and drinking are only permitted in designated dining areas. Wow. Check the Disneyland app or website for acceptable Face coverings. The gates to the happiest place on earth and California Adventure, they say, are open now for the first time in over 412 days. That's the longest closure for Disneyland in its 65-year history. Wow. It's crazy, folks. They say, but things won't be quite as they were pre-pandemic. As safety measures to help the spread or to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus will be in place, including face mask requirements, temperature checks, and distancing. Of course, no character hugs either. Thousands of fans tuned in when the relighting of Sleeping Beauty's Castle was broadcast live on Facebook as part of a, quote, soft reopening event for cast members and crew as castle lights came on for the first time in more than a year when you wish upon a star and the sound of Walt Disney welcoming you to this happy place on opening day July 17th, 1955, were heard in the background. So they're, they're hamming this up. 
they're getting a lot out of this, man. They say that just sent chills. It's so funny how something so simple can be so significant, some people are saying and writing. Disney rides are wait. Most of the popular attractions are expected to be open when guests return, including Pirates of the Caribbean, Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain, Railroad in Disneyland, Star Wars at Galaxy's Edge, Reservations will be needed to board the popular Star Wars rides. And they go on and on and on and on about this. Pre-pandemic, Disneyland averaged about 51,000 guests per day. While California Adventure was drawing about 27,000 guests per day. That's according to the Theme Entertainment uh, Organization. Anyway, there's, there you have it. Happiest place on earth. Open but so restricted personally. I don't know if that I could even have fun. So I was going to go to California on a trip. I decided to cancel it and go to Florida. I'll be in Florida, uh, what, in November or something like that for the event. I just jettisoned California. Those people there are crazy. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. We live in a rough world, folks. Please stand in the culture war. Please back God Almighty. In God we trust. God save the republic.